0: You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported.
1: Liam, I have a pitch for a Tron sequel. Uh, Flynn's son enters the grid to find his father, only to get trapped there himself. The only way to leave is to get a clue. Uh,
2: I Have Some Notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the podcast that tries to add meaningful substance to movies that are all style with every one of our uploads. I'm your host, Liam Creswick. I'm Scottsy Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are talking about the 2010 film Tron Legacy. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, yeah we're while. back. <laughs> we're back. It's been a while took a
1: little break there yeah a little longer than uh, than originally planned <laughs> but uh yeah i mean there i mean shit's going on in the world and uh it felt like it was appropriate to take a little little bit of space but uh i hope everyone's uh, ready to for at least a little escape before they get back to uh, to the protesting and, and all that
2: just just the long hard work we have to do to you know make the future happen yeah uh, in so many forms uh this technically isn't it but uh you know i think it's uh Uh, A little dopamine bump along the way for us and and our listeners as well. I think one of the things
0: that's actually giving people a lot of stress these days is the amount of time that they spend online, on social media, keeping up on the news, doom scrolling, as uh, some people call it. And so what better way to celebrate that than with a movie in which people escape into a digital space?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's a
1: a hell of a segue. You should take your mind right (laughs) off of it. No problem.
2: I'm like, where are you going with this? And then it's like, right on, love it, <laughs> out of the park. Uh, yeah, and and escape this was uh, for the first for the first little bit, and then I don't know about you, I we got <laughs> lost interest partway personally, but that's uh, for. I believe, uh, later I believe the
1: halfway ju- through their watch party, I said, uh, "I'm bored." Is anybody else bored?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this was a. Uh, but it was uh, for a while. It was an escape, you know, Daft Punk soundtrack and all that. But uh, there's so much to, to un- unbox with this with this flick. Um, obviously uh, uh, directed by uh, Joseph Kaczynski uh, who most famous for that gears of war commercial with the Gary <laughs> Jules song in it uh, <clears throat> you <clears throat> don't Jeff
1: remember M- oblivion oh.
2: liam oblivion. I don't i I literally you, you put that in the notes I'm like I don't know what movie oblivion is based on the fact that we also cite his uh, uh his career with a commercial I'm like oblivion could be a music video a video <laughs> game I don't know so it I was a target. Tom Cruise
1: movie that nobody watched
2: okay there you go yeah, I, I post couch jumping. I pretty much just ignored anything Tom Cruise has done. <laughs> that's fair. Um, that's <laughs> um, opposite of Jeff Bridges, big Jeff Bridges fan. And he is of course the uh, star of this movie reprising his role as Kevin Flynn. And also, uh, getting the very early of the CGI look, uh, on the villain Clue, uh, Garrett Helland, uh, as his son, Sam Flynn, uh, Olivia Wilde as Cora and Bruce Boxleitner as Alan Brady and Tron, uh. Alan Bradley reprising his oh Alan Bradley, sorry. Yeah, this movie made this movie actually kind of made
1: money too a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, uh, had a budget 170 million, uh, made back uh, 172 million, just that sweet narrow two million, and then worldwide <laughs> uh, made the made
1: million. the advertising on the on the worldwide, I guess. But yeah. like yeah. they are, they're talking about another sequel, are they not?
0: Yeah, there have been uh, rumors of a threequel since like 2015, I want to say. But uh, the talk was renewed recently with word that Jared Leto might be on board to be in the next film. And uh, the online reaction to that was mostly uh, a big sigh of just, like...
2: No. Impatience, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) No. No. (laughs) If there's one thing that can bring us together in these troubled times, it's our shared hate of Jared Leto. Right? Yeah. I do not <laughs> hate Jared Leto, but
2: Yeah, so. I just don't ima- I ca- like I can't imagine like like think about the world we live in now and then imagine going to work on a Jared Leto Tron movie. <laughs> Be like, you know, maybe I mean, I say that realizing what we're doing now, but we're all in our homes. You know, this is free time. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> like, really laboring I, on a Jared Leto Tron movie seems slightly futile.
0: And I don't even know who he'd play because, <clears throat> I mean, Garrett Headland is still alive. Uh, Olivia Wilde yeah. is still a person. Bruce, Bo- uh, Bruce Boxleitner is still kicking around. Uh, even if Jeff Bridges was killed off, spoiler alert. Uh, you've still got the three leads from this movie, and if you wanted to bring in Dillinger Junior., you've got Killian Murphy, who was hanging out in the cut in a cameo in the last movie, or in this movie, mm-hmm. I should say. So, I mean, you've you've got characters, you've got people, <laughs> you've already cast everyone. <laughs> who else are you going to yeah. bring in t- for Jared Leto to play? You need to include Jared Leto. <laughs> is he going to be? Is he going to be oh. Michael Sheen's son?
1: <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. We have a lot would, of notes I would for Tron three. At this point, that like it would be more of like a, a reboot, I suppose, or I don't actually, know. Actually,
0: that's fair. They they were kind of hinting that it might be a reboot rather than a uh, than a true sequel to this one.
2: It's considering it's a computer movie. It's a reboot in the truest sense of the word. Ooh. Also, oh, that, they should maybe just make make a reboot movie.
0: They should actually just make a reboot movie. I was just gonna say, yeah. do it. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. You get you get at least a pretty good box office out of Canadians, right? Oh, and probably. That's, that, as we know, that's the sweet spot for Hollywood to get that Canadian money. I mean, yeah,
0: that's the that's, really, that's the dragon they've been chasing for a long time
1: now.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before we uh, really discuss this particular movie—not uh, Tron Three or a uh, untitled reboot project for the Canadian market—why uh, <laughs> don't we uh, hear from the uh, the trailer <laughs> for Tron: colon Legacy? I promised you that if I ever got any information about your dad, I'd tell you first, right? I was paged last night. Came from your dad's office at the arcade. So? So, the number's been disconnected for 20 years. Two nights before he disappeared, he came to my house. He said he was about to change everything, science, medicine, religion. You wouldn't have left that, Sam. I wouldn't have left you. Alan, you're acting like I'm gonna find him sitting there working. Just, hey kiddo, lost track of time. That be something. Where am I? The Grid. A place of infinite possibility. It's incredible. More beautiful. I ever dreamed and more dangerous than I ever imagined. What happened? My creation turned against me.
1: Heaven flare! Where are you now?
2: What am I supposed to do? Survive. I have to get you out of here. Out there! there's a new world. Here they come. There!
1: Yeah! yeah! It is our destiny?
0: Kevin Flynn, software magnet and the only living person to touch the digital realm, has gone missing. Flynn's reclusive son, Sam, retains controlling interest of Encom, but the company has become a shadow of its former self, selling slapped-together operating systems for a quick buck. Does any of this figure into our story? Nope. Sam gets digitally sucked into the grid and discovers a dystopian cyber society where programs fight each other to the death in gladiatorial games. Does any of that figure into our plot? Nope. A program called Clue, a digital clone of Kevin Flynn, has been systematically eliminating the ISOs, a race of computer entities who spontaneously evolved in the grid. Does any of that figure into this movie? Kind of. Sam eventually meets his father and the last of the ISOs and must race Clue to the exit of the grid before he can transport an army to the real world. Tron.
1: Before we get to Tron Legacy, um... Liam, you you and I both watched the original Tron right before our Tron Legacy viewing.
2: Yeah, I gotta I gotta milk my Disney Plus subscription for for something because I yep. sure haven't watched much since Mandalorian. So <laughs> yeah, between Tron and Tron
1: Legacy, I I I they're four dollars each. I've rented yeah. them both for four dollars. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, what was your reading on on Tron 1982? Um. It was. I remember seeing it when I was younger, and it was sort of fun to watch it now. I liked uh, young Jeff Bridges; was fun to watch, uh, and like it's very silly and weird. uh, But like, it it definitely had some some of that thing of like computer wizardry where they would just sort of explain things away because people in 1982 didn't have a working understanding of computer software that could be then. Like the inner workings of a computer to then translate it to be like, oh, this is this character, this is this m- mechanism or this vehicle. So it was a lot of like hand waving, like m- m- cyber magic mumbo jumbo, which kind of was endearing. It let it just be this weird, you know, light up adventure. It wasn't great, but, it, you know, it was, it was charming.
1: Yeah. Um, I really liked the. Most of the first act in the real world, where they were kind of setting up what was going on, who Kevin Flynn was, who his compatriots were, and, and who the villain was. Um, Once it got into the grid, I was quickly very confused. I, I did not feel <laughs> like I understood what was happening right up until the end, and nor did I care to... Uh, to try to understand now in all fairness to, to to the original Tron just for any any fans of the original Tron or who are listening uh, i was also watching it while taking care of my uh toddler daughter so the the uh, 100 i wasn't giving it my 100% attention so just bear that in mind but i uh yeah i i just i just felt like one thing that really bugged me about it was that they you know you have this this real world component to it and that they are programming and the, and the programs exist as anthropomorphized people in, in the Tron universe. But like the, the programs, like it didn't seem to make sense. Like what are the vehicles? Like, like for example, like Flynn says, like I, I shouldn't have made a bunch of tanks and it's like, well, what's the, what's the programming equivalent of a tank? Like why would he program a tank? Like, was like,
2: yeah, I, I I get that this guy is pro is you know bank software like I'll buy that like this is just some bank software walking around but like yeah yeah the t- t- yeah, yeah if it
1: was more one to one I guess what the people were <laughs> representing that might have helped me get into the the universe of the grid a little bit better um, sure it's almost it's almost in Tron Legacy it's almost better that like none of that exists like. The, the, the grid in Tron Legacy is just like this different universe. It has nothing to do with the real world. It's not connected to the internet, as far as I can tell. Like there's just it's just a place, a playground where Kevin Flynn went to, to create a better world, I guess. And, and they didn't have to spend any time like connecting what the real world was to it. So like in that sense, it was easier to get involved in what was going on in, in the digital universe.
2: Sure, yeah I, <clears throat> I just found what was going on in this movie far less you know inspiring than what was going on <laughs> like yeah. even, than what was going on in the first one. The first one was kind of convoluted and weird, but you sort of like that's kind of what makes it endearing, whereas this was just like this just was was like a uh just what it's the same movie I've seen a thousand times. Like and, and it's my rallying cry on this podcast, but I'm just it, I'm like, I every beat you see coming a mile away. Whereas, yeah, the first one, you know, I mean, again, we're we not we can we can do an episode on the first one too. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like it's just a big goofy mess, and you gotta love it for it. Whereas this was a, a deliberate and calculated turd. <laughs> yeah, was, I think I like I it can
1: appreciate the. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: It's it's a deliberately and calculated safe movie. Uh, you described yeah. it as very mm-hmm. paint by numbers and that's very true it uses a very bog standard plot it uses very safe uh movie language it's uh it's designed to be like it's, it's designed to be a hit over the plate it's not designed yeah. to be one that gets knocked out of the park uh, and and there is a lot of uh commentary about this movie that it was Designed to set up future sequels, and that's basically what they're doing here. They're they're putting together a very basic movie that can then be spun off into other stuff. And unfortunately, it was kind of meh and yeah. barely successful because of it. Because you you likened it to Alice in Wonderland, which came out at the same time. The Disney Alice in Wonderland yeah, the, with Johnny Depp, the
2: Tim Burton one,
0: and they're and they're very mm. similar movies. When you hold them up next to one another, they have very very similar plots.
2: Yeah, here's a here's an aesthetic that we're familiar with. In Tron's case, it's the neon cyber lights. In Alice in Wonderland, it's the weird mushrooms and colorful you know acetrip stuff. And then it's like otherwise the same plot. You have returned. The Prodigal Son returns to uh, uh fight the corrupt uh, oppressive regime and restore balance to the galaxy. And it's it's it gets done in lots of movies. It, we're never gonna escape it, but these. Particular, this particular film, and and weirdly, the the Alice in Wonderland from the same year, just so guilty of like boilerplate story with like a, a paint a color paint on it, like mm-hmm. an aesthetic an aesthetic uh, skinning, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's the plot fine of this movie, to, uh, It's
1: fine to have a paint by numbers script, but you have to find ways of of making me care about the characters a little bit. Uh, in order for me to be really invested, and 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 there's a reason why those paint-by-numbers scripts get repeated over and over again. It's just because typically they, you know, the the basic story works, especially when you're hanging it off of an action movie, and, and action is kind of the point. Um, but yeah, it, it, in this case, like the uh, the I'm not, you know, there's there's some good stuff with Sam Flynn and his father. Um, um, it uh, it. You know the stuff with Cora doesn't really work for me and 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 that is kind of important because um she is basically um the cat that they're saving right yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's you know, it's just it's uh yeah that part of it she literally crazy.
2: refers to herself as a rescue at one point yeah. um which it was like, ugh, like and then there's another thing where she is like they, they literally like fra- framed as an animal on more than one occasion which was weird
0: there's also like a huge missed opportunity in the way that clue is portrayed in the movie. And this is something that just kind of dawned on me, uh, because you could say you could have done one of two things and they did neither. And both of those things would have been more interesting. One would have been to play clue off as the dark reflection of Kevin Flynn because he's meant to be, he was meant to be a a duplicate of Kevin. Right. So you could Mm -hmm. have, you could have portrayed him as like all of his, all of Sam's father's worst traits Come to fruition and uh, Kevin having to kind of like deal with squaring off against his dark reflection or you could have because he's also in a way Kevin Flynn's son and you could have had him playing off of Sam as like the bad son because Mm -hmm. he was also created by Kevin. And they could have done either of those things, and it would have been a hundred times more interesting than what they did with Clue in the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least that gives them some more natural antagonism. And
2: some nuance, too. Yeah. And some
0: yeah. theme.
1: To
2: the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's no. This movie like doesn't have a theme right up to like nothing. <laughs> goes back to my like, oh, it's just fantasy world chosen one story. Nothing even compute. Like it doesn't even have themes about the nature of computers. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have anything to say about technology. Nope. Like it doesn't have anything to say about like <clears throat> it. Baby, barely, maybe, sorta has something to say on legacy. And that's because it's in the damn title.
0: yeah, and it's like it's painted on real thin because you can see right through it. yeah
1: we we kept mentioning in the watch party that there's no substance to it. and and the scene, for me that expresses that the most is that the scene where uh, Sam is getting ready, he's getting geared up to go into the games. And there's mm-hmm. like, he gets into this sort of apple type room where there's four women who just walk up to him like robots and start you know putting all this gear on him and stuff like that and just like the way that it shot it like it really it really felt like a commercial to me like it felt like at the if at the end of it it you know said Tron the cologne i would have been like yeah that tracks yeah, <laughs> I would have, and I would
0: have bought that cologne. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 it would have been an effective advertisement. But just I wanted to watch a movie. Yeah, yeah.
2: Movie's pretty though. I mean that's the I, yes. that's the the route the sounding uh, or the, the resounding positive criticism is is uh, pretty, no, nobody can say this movie doesn't look great and it was like I saw in theaters it was a great theater movie. Yeah, in that regard. Yep. Uh, yeah,
1: the the light cycles look really cool. The you know the the uniforms that uh, that every character is wearing look really neat. Um, you know, it's it's a marked improvement over uh, the design aesthetic of the original Tron. Which mm-hmm. I mean, you know, bearing in mind obviously it was 1982, uh, and I do I appreciate that. But you know, they're not wearing hockey helmets and things like that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have an element of goofiness to it.
2: it looks, Tron should have been it wearing looks a hockey. Cool. Helmet it looks in like the a yeah you look yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they could have kept the aesthetic, like, you know, how the stall, the new star Wars movies, like kind of things still look a little seventies just to keep it a cohesive universe. I don't know if they could have like digitized, like if you could have mm-hmm. polished up those old costumes, here's, <laughs> no, I think, here's no. the thing yeah. though,
0: the, the aesthetic that they went for harkened back to the original movie in a way that like you could see that it was like, you could buy that it was the same world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because absolutely. because all of the all of the little things were there that made you go, okay, yeah, we're back in Tron, even though it's just, it's like how Klingons in the original series and Klingons in the Next Generation are still all Klingons, even though they look different, and you yeah. and you just yeah. kind of like buy that, and then you don't need the universe to go and ruin it by explaining it, which they did. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but no, I it like. Looking at the two movies, I would just buy that it's the same world, just the same world portrayed with portrayed the, with better technology with, yeah. with the no, it, with it, the better technology of today. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's funny you it mentioned looks, Star looks Trek great. Scott because um, the the new the 2009 Star Trek, which is made in around in the same time as, as Tron Legacy. You know, they there's there's elements of that movie where um, they've updated things well as well as updated things poorly. Right. Yeah. Like they, you know, when you're looking at like an old property and you're deciding, OK, what can we what can we keep the same and what can we update? Um, the uniforms uh, in Star Trek 2009 uh, looks pretty similar with a nice update to them to give them like a little bit more texture and a little bit more, you know, something a little bit more updated that looks that doesn't just look, like like you know, felt, (laughs) which is what, you know, the original Star Trek uniforms look like. And that was a good decision. They, you know, look nice and updated and you believe that, you know, this is the same universe I used to watch. Uh, However, the, the bridge of the Enterprise didn't look anything like the original bridge. And it looked, it looked exactly like an Apple store. uh, (laughs) And that, and that part of it kind of drew, took me uh, out of my safe Star Trek space a little bit. So would would you buy the
2: enterprise cologne? I,
1: I, 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 Oh yeah. I actually own (laughs) Star Trek cologne. So, okay. I said that jokingly. (laughs) Like you don't own Star Trek cologne. (laughs) 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 It's called Tiberius. Yeah. Nice, but yeah, like the Um, the Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy does most of this quite well. There isn't a lot of elements of this Mm -hmm. movie where I'm just, you know, where it doesn't feel like Tron. They've they've done a very very good job here.
2: Yeah, and it look yeah, and the new stuff too. Like the whole thing looks. It is a feast for the eyes, undeniably,
0: with one glaring exception.
2: I don't. I'm gonna. I, I. I think I know where you're going, and I don't even fault them for this. Because, but you yeah, go ahead, go.
0: Uh, and that would be, of course, Jeff Bridges's horrific animated de-aged face, which is just right in the darkest recess of the uncanny valley. Oh boy, that is a technology <laughs> that did not hold up. Do you know where it looked best?
2: What scene it looked actually f- pretty darn good in the flashbacks. Oh no, the flashbacks look I thought the flashbacks looked pretty dumpy some of the worst ones. I it was when oh. he was in uh Kevin Flynn's hideout in the off-grid area where it's super well lit and he's like looking at all the Jules Verne novels and then has the spaz attack and like throws all the stuff off the table. Um in the well-lit room it actually looks pretty good. Part of me wonders if it was like a trailer thing or like uh it was just like that see- that scene maybe got the most polished cuz it was going to end up in the trailer or something but like um it was noticeably better than multiple other scenes.
1: Uh, yeah, for me the worst was the uh final speech right before they get into the last um battle or whatever you want to call it. Um his I don't know, just the way his mouth moves was like the uh the real the 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 real uncanny bit of it, I would say. Um See, I
0: did like the flashbacks, because at one point uh, when Kevin Flynn is kind of giving Sam some of the backstory of what was going on while he was missing, he has these flashbacks that are a little kind of grainy, and you have both Tron with a de-aged Bruce Boxleitner, obviously, and uh, Clue and Kevin there, who are both de-aged, uh, Jeff Bridges, and because of the kind of like the weird fuzzy computer grain they put over the the scene... I thought that it disguised the de aging a lot better than just showing it in like 4K high definition, which yeah. <laughs> does not do it any favors. Oh boy,
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. I guess that's a good point because my TV is shit. Uh, so, like, were you did you guys watch this on like what's what's your TV setup?
1: Mine's a 1080p, so yeah. I got a, I got enough detail. It did not look good.
0: No, yeah. This is a technology that has clearly improved as we've gotten into the more modern, like Marvel movies, where they've de-aged some actors. But like, ooh boy, this is clearly early days. This is the wild west of that technology, and yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's not pretty.
1: Yeah, Marvel yeah. Marvel managed to get to the point where, you know, they had a de-aged Samuel L. Jackson for a good chunk of a movie, and it was reasonably seamless.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Olivia Wilde pals around with D age dudes all the time in the the, the world of film. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, obviously great. And then again, the other the other thing that uh, I I think most folks agree on uh, definitely uh, critically uh, is the soundtrack slaps. Yeah. Yeah. The the yeah, Daft no Punk question. soundtrack is is great.
1: Just yeah, go back
2: and listen to it. The only the only weird thing I've been listening to a lot of um, uh, like synthwave lately, actually, and part of me does kind of wonder like, could they have gotten actual synthwave artists to do this? Like, because there's already people making that kind of music for the sake of making it, even as far back as 2010. Uh, and I kind of wonder why they got Daft Punk to like do this genre. Yeah, name, I, don't know. I just, name
1: recognition probably partly.
2: It's exactly that. I'm like I, I say that knowing it's it's because people know <laughs> who Daft Punk is and they don't know who Wave Shaper is, but yeah. um yeah, there's there's lots of uh <clears throat> lots of uh, artists making this kind of a music, but uh, nonetheless Tron or uh, Tron, uh Daft Punk did a uh, did a great job. The main the main soundtrack or the main song of the soundtrack is is a banger.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There's nothing about the the presentation that uh, that you can really complain about.
0: Well, and we yeah. we kind of described this off the top. This movie is all sizzle and no steak. It's mm-hmm. yeah. it's very pretty. It sounds great. It's a visual feast, but there's nothing underneath that. It's paper thin. And that's where you need to you need to bulk it up. You need to fill that
2: space. And and for like it's, you, 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 people might want to be like, oh, well, it's like, what do you expect? Like, this is a movie meant to be a cinematic masterpiece. This is a movie meant to be a, fe- a feast for the eyes. Um, you don't go into it expecting some kind of deep story. But, like, both both the Tron movies were meant to be this, like, showcase of cutting-edge technology. But, like, good basic storytelling and good basic screenwriting is, like, already been... Nailed, you know what I mean, and and the fact that they can't be bothered, like they'll they'll put billions of dollars into, uh uh, you know bi- millions, I guess, <clears throat> individual <laughs> effects, not billions, but literally got the number there exactly seventy million, uh, hundred and seventy million, <laughs> in individual effects, and just be like, oh, the writing doesn't matter, and it's like, why? I don't know, I, I don't understand the disconnect for like that level of attention to to detail in the visuals, but nobody can see glaring script problems, like, hey, maybe. Uh, don't have clue. Play his hand immediately every time he's got a hand to play. Yep. Like, <laughs> like
1: you know I get, what I, I mean? Uh, like I think, I think, But I, have a, my thought on that is that it, it's that most producers don't know good story <laughs> when it slaps them in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I guess. I mean, this, there's there's some real good producers out there, but there's a lot of shitty ones.
0: Yeah, it's all about just, what'll and, make the money and not. Yeah, necessarily they're, what they're, will make good the art.
1: calculation they're making the calculation that they're making is a lot different. And and often, especially now, the the calculation comes down to what can we put in the trailer. And I'm and I'm sure mm-hmm. you know those are the kinds of things when they're when they're you know, like a lot of movies, for example, like the um, Fast and Furious movies are famous for um, coming up with their set pieces first before they you know put together a plot. Not oh that's those. true for Mission
0: Impossible movies too. They yeah. like it's it's what action beats do we want to have and then let's come up with a, a really thin story that links those together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's not like it's not to be to be not done like is there it's just that um you know the you know for some movies it's going to be a success and and for a lot of others it's not going to work at all especially you know you know if you're especially if the action is a, you know a dud <laughs> then you're a real trouble yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> are
1: you guys ready to, to pay some bills and then move on to uh, some changes
2: yeah I think we uh, have a, I'm actually I'm glad we sort of kept uh, obviously strong thoughts on this but we've kept our actual cuts and changes and keeps and things uh, uh, a little closer to the breast so're uh,
0: doing literally the opposite of what clue does in the movie
2: yeah yeah <laughs> take notes clue uh and speaking of we will be back with i have some notes
1: the edmonton community foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create strong vibrant communities for generations to come you can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group once it reaches ten thousand dollars you can start distributing funds we also want to tell you about Vital Signs, an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on arts, philanthropy, green spaces, and sports and recreation. Learn more at ecfoundation.org.
2: Welcome back, everyone. To I have some notes. We're talking about Tron Legacy, and I think we actually have quite a bit that we saw as we were watching this that we really want to like nip and tuck and and clean up because it's the the, the uh, problems are obvious and glaring and fixable. I think. Scott, you had uh, you had a whole
1: thesis laid out uh (laughs) pre-show so if you want to go
0: as usual i i start off with with my big thing (laughs) um and as usual my big thing has to do with kind of the theme of the movie the movie's called tron legacy but tron is not really in it per se um there and and his legacy is not part of it it I, i suppose a little bit flynn's legacy through sam but i think legacy could play a bigger part of this and i think that the isos should come from tron Uh, it should be made clear that Tron in the first movie was more than just a mere program. He was like a burgeoning artificial intelligence. And his code is what ultimately gives birth to the ISOs and this like new life form. And so uh, Korra, in that case, becomes Tron's legacy. And that's the legacy that Flynn is trying to preserve. And he's trying to preserve that with the help of his legacy, who's Sam. And if just my original idea was maybe have the remains of the master control program from the first movie have been turned into clue in this movie. But the more I'm thinking of it, the more I like the idea of uh, clue being like the dark part of Flynn's legacy and have clue and Sam played off each other as two, as Flynn's two sons, essentially like the good son and the bad son in a way. I think that would be really interesting and it would allow that theme to play through and, that's really missing in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's a glaring omission from this movie. And just that, just having the dynamic of Sam versus Clue as both of them being in a way, um, Flynn's sons. And the idea that Tron is responsible for this new life form in the ISOs and Korra is kind of his daughter in a way, in that way. uh, I think that makes for a more interesting plot right there. Without even having Tron's written any dialogue again. between them,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So there you go. That's my thesis. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I would agree. Tron. I think the character Tron definitely uh, needed more to do. Um, could have very well had been the bad guy instead of this clue character. Um, we touched on that idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. Maybe gets like gets put in charge. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, gets corrupted by master computer, and that's why Flynn has to hide in the in the off the grid area. Um, honestly, like those are all like like neat and tidy things. For me, I think the the, the two big ones um, <clears throat> were uh, the way Clue reveals that he's going to betray them. Uh, same with Martin Sheen's character, uh, uh, or even the re- reveals. It all comes down to reveals. They should have revealed, like, as soon as Sam meets Clue, it's revealed, I'm not actually your dad. I'm a program. That could have been saved. Uh, Martin Sheen spoiling them, uh, not spoiling them, um, uh, betraying them could have been either set up, like, we meet Martin Sheen's character being nice early, so when he betrays them, it's a turn. Or, you know, like, all, all that's said of him is, like, We can trust him. And then they get there, and they can't trust him at all. Uh, And then, surprise, surprise, he, you know, uh, Clue betrays him, too. And it's just, like, all these reveals get played with no grace, no surprise. Oh, Um, you see them coming a mile away, yeah. Yeah. So, just save your reveals for something interesting. I think the best time for Sam to have found out that Clue was a program and not Jeff Bridges was when he meets Jeff Bridges for the first time. Kind of, yeah. And he get, that flashback is also him, like, it's also us learning that Clue is uh, a program through that whole flashback. So that also makes it seem, those, those games in the beginning, like his dad was making him do this shit. And that's a trip. That's slightly interesting. It's something.
1: I, I think um, this could have been helped along by um, changing the opening sequence a little bit. With um, young Flynn and uh, and Kevin Flynn, um, that scene was kind of, you know, sort of heartwarming. There was no, there was no inherent conflict really between Kevin Flynn and his and his son. He was just basically telling him like, yeah, I'll, I'll take you to the grid someday. You're gonna see it. See you later. I'm cool. You're cool. Later. And there's. <laughs> There was no op- I mean that was a perfect opportunity to sort of set up like uh, Sam's uh, real misgivings about his father you know it, it could have you could have had um, his Sam's mother um, there as a as a single mother who's sort of struggling to make things work uh, for Sam and Kevin Flynn becomes sort of like the, he's sort of like the absent father he's always working on his uh, on his grid project and he's he's he doesn't visit often enough he, you know I mean, he can exit the scene early um with sam being frustrated that he's leaving early yet again and then of course he doesn't see him again for for another 20 years so then when we get to seeing clue for the first time and clues a prick that more or less reinforces everything yeah that sam that his dad's a piece of shit and he's, he's
2: consumed by his work and then later literally consumed by his work like yeah, yeah.
1: So, so there's there's great reason for him to believe that that person that he saw was his father uh, and and it's not until uh, we get to Kevin Flynn later on that there's like oh this is there's much more going on and and starting to learn that his father's a, a, maybe a, a more a deeper person than he had originally thought
0: yeah I, I like that too and it it does play the reveal on clue a little better. And it's the movie not telling on itself quite as much. Yeah. Like, that is, that is actually set up as, a, as an interesting twist and not just, like, ho-hum. Like, I mean, Kevin introduces Clue in the opening scene in this movie. Like, when he's talking about all the amazing things going on on the grid, he has a little action figure toy of Tron and he has a little action figure toy of Clue. And we already know about Clue like in the first five minutes of this film. And it's a more interesting twist if we get there and we're not like, well, obviously that's Clue and not Kevin. Instead, we're like, oh, man, Kevin's turned into a bad guy. What's up with that? How did that happen? Or like, he can even name drop Clue earlier on. He just needs not like reveal that Clue looks exactly like him.
2: Yeah, that's a good... Or what Clue stands for, because I think it stands for like likeness unit or something like yeah, it's something like it, it's got a very much like it's supposed to look like me acronym yeah. um i part of me wonders how much of this movie got like uh cut up and uh redone through like focus groups or whatever because we were talking about silly and murphy being in this and he's only in it for one scene as uh, a corporate suit and it makes me think that there was like a bigger subplot with mcom that got cut uh, and uh, perhaps maybe Clue originally was a Clue. Maybe he was, uh, it was, it was, you know, they were going to play it a little closer to the chest uh, and then through script rewrites, are like, no, we need to explain to people that there's two Jeff Bridges yeah, or the else. the audience
0: is dumb. People will yeah. be confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely feels like, uh, I mean, the, the whole opening sequence with uh, Sam, Sam, um, no dunking on NCOM. All that all that really does is to serve to show you where Sam is right now. But like Well it, you know, it's there's there there's some it's a good there's some it's a good character development moment, but like it's. It would have been nicer if the rest of that kind of played into the movie a little bit more. They do
0: set up two of his skills that pay off later mm-hmm. on, but I mean, yeah. there there are other ways you could have done that because they show yeah, that he's I, I, they show that he's great on a motorcycle and they show that he knows how to base jump and both of those skills come in to play.
1: But yeah, I don't have a I don't have a problem with those sequences at all, and in fact, I I, I really I I like most of the beginning of the film aside from um, tweaking the the opening the the cold open sequence, but, it, um, and I like, uh, I like where Sam Flynn lives. I think it's cool to live in a box car down by the river. That's awesome. Yeah. That <laughs> so. I, uh, That's an apartment like-
0: I will admit that the first like 10 or what, 20 minutes of this movie, I think, I think we, I glanced at the clock and they were in the digital realm by about 24 minutes into this film. So the first 20 minutes of this movie really was hitting my cyberpunk buttons. And, like the the sleek corporate aesthetic the Mm -hmm. hacker with the like nonsense hacker skills getting into the building and doing some corporate espionage and the the way that the computers were working and uh it just it was punching my cyberpunk buttons and so i do like it i just feel it it's misplaced simply because it doesn't do anything in the rest of the movie
2: yeah i wish i wish that
0: what was happening in that boardroom came into play later on somehow or or worked with what was going on in the digital realm and it doesn't and i'd kind of drop it or at least most of it honestly Mm -hmm. but that's just me you could you could twist my rubber arm and and get me to keep it if if we could find a reason to but
2: yeah i think we also noted just i don't know if this is like a keeper a cutter and i guess it's just a note in that like hey movie producers keep this shit in mind from now on um but the fact that he gets arrested and then immediately set free because he is a rich white man like he yeah. just there was zero consequences to the point where when we were watching it uh i i asked him like oh did he slip away like i had looked away for a second and when i looked back he was a free man and i'm like oh he he how did he evade evade the cops And you guys are like, he didn't, he got arrested and then got let out. And now here we are in the like four seconds. It took me to look at my phone. Yeah. It's so
0: inconsequential to the movie that it's, he gets arrested and smash cut to him leaving the precinct with like a ticket. And that is the extent (laughs) of his stint in prison. And it was, it was so like, I was legitimately like, Sam, you don't need to run from the police. You're a rich white guy. You're going to get a slap on the wrist. And that's literally what happened. And while he was leaving the police precinct, like a a black dude is getting roughed up by police outside,
2: and we were like, yeah. "Oh no! Oh no! Movie!" I, I really hope going forward, movie, movies, and TV, and all that are just much more cognizant of what how they portray police officers mm-hmm. and how citizens encounter the law, because it's gonna look really stupid stuff like that is gonna start looking very very stupid well
0: and it it did like it jumped greg and i yeah. both like were going Ew! when we saw it in the movie
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gl- I, yeah, I didn't yeah, see that i thought you were joking about the black guy getting watching... roughed up uh, like uh, i thought oh sorry sorry greg i just i you guys made that comment in the chat and i'm like oh haha that's what i must have missed when i wasn't looking and i'm like no you're serious that sucks like that sucks yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna be really interesting going back to old movies and and and, and watching how culturally systemic you know all this stuff was right and and, and I have a feeling that the more movies I watch um, from my the childhood the more I'm gonna more I'm gonna see that like oh this stuff was right in front of my fucking face the whole
2: time I mean that's how it was with with sexist stuff yep, right yep, like <clears throat> didn't notice yep, it till it was pointed out and then yep. you know
1: yeah yeah it so reinforces, there's like you know, ha, you know how important representation is, and 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 how important it is to find uh, stories that aren't, um, you know, centered around your particular worldview. Is just because you miss all this stuff if you don't do that, right? So. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, got a little heavy there. Back to Tron. no, no, that's it's 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 <laughs> valid conversation. I mean, hey, we we wrung something meaningful of these times out of talking about Tron Legacy, which at the top of the show I suggested we weren't going to do. So here we are. <laughs> yep. um,
1: I was just going to ask, like, how you guys figure we can beef up Korra a little bit because that's a character for me that just uh, that that's begging to be um, beefed up, but I'm just not really entirely certain how to do it.
0: Well, if we go with my suggestion of linking her more firmly to Tron, then you have uh, you have another relationship to play off of there. Especially yeah. if we another keep paternal. Rinzler as a corrupted Tron, and then like there can be some real emotional pathos to her having to square off against him time and again, mm. because yeah. she like she would be. I think it's interesting if she knows that he's Tron, and is maybe pulling her punches against him because of that, because she's she like that's that's her progenitor, that's her father. Uh, I think that would be that, interesting. So, yeah. like, even even just adding that relationship gives her a little more of a firm footing in the in the setting. Gives her another player, uh, another player, well, yeah, another player to bounce off of, uh, and can can give her a little more depth.
1: I kind of wonder, like, one thing that's kind of missing from this movie is that is why Tron is bad.
0: Yeah, it's not really. <laughs> maybe, explained. I, maybe I missed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and his and his his twist or his his. Um, redemption is yeah. so flat. It might be one of the flattest redemption <laughs> arcs that I've ever seen. There's a, yeah, there's another
2: reveal that gets no setup and then just played and then yeah, or but turn if, uh, or whatever. But yeah. it, you could
0: play it better if he's like if Cora is essentially, for all intents and purposes, his daughter, uh, because then like if she's if she's constantly the one who's like saving Sam's bacon from Rinzler during the course of the movie. And then it turns out it's because she's trying to save Tron, uh, for, who's who's trapped as Rinzler. Um, Then he, her eventually managing to get through to him makes makes for the the turn uh, to work better, frankly. Ooh, because it's because it's been I, set
1: ooh, be, up. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Or she the, straight big, kills him. Big big idea here. Okay, big um, idea. Do it. Do it. Um. So uh, Clue is uh, basically a corrupted, evil manifestation of Kevin Flynn. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps, like a computer virus, that gives Clue the ability to infect other programs. Um, uh, So instead of him um, destroying all the ISOs, Let's say that he's he's actually corrupted them all instead, and that, um, and he's managed to corrupt Tron as well. And like that, that army that's be that's heading out to the real world, that's all Isos.
0: As opposed, so to- that's and great.
1: yeah, and Cora, oh, dude, and- that's so good. Cora's family is like you know, and her friends and stuff like that. Those like she is absolutely desperate to save them from both corruption and perhaps certain death of, you know, going into a war with the real humans or whatever. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that puts her in a position of being like um, perhaps the person to be able to uncorrupt uh, uh, Tron. Um, perhaps mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, the ICOs have the ability to do or whatever, or, 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 you know working with Flynn she's figured out how to do it or, or whatever and we just need yeah. to give her that kind of power so that when Cora and Tron have to face off it like you say like she's going to face off against her progenitor um, that gives you know that that gives them or gives her you know a real reason to to go up against him
2: mm-hmm. yeah i like that and that also solves two really nitpicky sci-fi problems as well. Like, not only does that just add a lot of, like, plot cohesion and character depth, mm. but also we were commenting that, uh, I think just in a conversation we were having, that it makes no sense that these computers are going to try to leave the computer. Mm. Um That doesn't, like, it's such a weird suspension of disbelief. It kind of, I'll buy the, like, Scott was saying, too, like, I'll, we'll buy the ISOs leaving the digital world to the real world, but just straight up his army going out there, like, what? That's yeah. stupid. So like, if it's he been- needs...
0: It's been set up that the Isos are a new type of life. They're they're like some sort of singularity has occurred, and an artificial intelligence was yeah. birthed in the digital world. And I can buy and they're his them, ticket. Yeah, yeah, getting out and existing in the real world, but just like a bunch of computer programs with their pew pew lasers. No, <laughs> I don't buy and that. And then the at other <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. The other thing I really like that 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 your thing or your suggestion solves, Greg. Is it because again, th- this whole thing takes place in like an old, like a computer from the 80s. Like, it's not connected to the internet, it's not, you know, anything. Um, so, if the whole system is corrupted and uh, the last ISO and Kevin Flynn have to hide and off the grid because the whole thing is just like a, a dud of a hard drive, essentially, like, it's just this rotten, corrupted file wasteland. Um, it just kind of adds a little more of like why he's hiding out there like he's not yep yeah it's not a per- it's not this like perfect system nonsense thing that they're trying to trying to push on us it's it's just like he saved it and then it got corrupted and now all these things are corrupted great i'm glad you're here son away we go legacy like yeah
1: yeah yeah it also i mean it's it could play into like why the what do you call it what did they call it the el- i don't know the elevator the 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 opening to the real oh, the world portal. i don't remember, yeah. can't remember what the they portal? called it but they you know the corruption could be the the cause of of uh of that closing mm-hmm. and and that's why that's why they're uh Kevin Flynn's in hiding with Cora's because uh, perhaps Cora is the key to opening it back up
0: i yeah, I, I don't great. know i, I kind of like the idea that uh, Sam returning is what opened it back up but um, I do like the idea of her being the key to uncorrupting the ISOs and uncorrupting Tron mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's... that is a skill she learned from Kevin and that's mm-hmm. why he's still kind of in play she, she sought him out and he as the creator of this world uh, has, has given her like the antivirus software essentially she knows how to uncorrupt them but she can't do it by herself Enter Sam.
2: Yeah. Huge. That's... Yeah, I really like that suggestion. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, especially because, again, it just... Ex- if he's taking the ISO army out of Tron world, it just makes a little more sense than just, like, some computer guys. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Great. Well, I think between between uh, uh, Scott's initial suggestion, uh, my little uh, nitty-gritty details, and your just... Knock it out of the park pitch there. I think <laughs> we might have uh, really uh, really cleaned this thing up. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, my last little one I would throw in there is just, like, introduce Michael Sheen earlier so yeah, that I think he can have a turn. Probably,
1: yeah, just get to know him a little bit er- earlier. Perhaps he can be the one that's that's responsible for dressing up all the uh, uh, gladiators or whatever. Yeah, like Something. maybe
2: he... May- Maybe he gets them, he, he he's a stop from Portal to Kevin Flynn in a way that's helpful, learns it's more trouble than is worth to help Sam, so on his way back, he's like, we'll stop back at our safe haven on the way back, and the second stop's not so helpful, great. That, you know. Yeah. 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 You don't can play don't him telegraph off as his as, betrayal quite so
1: easily. Yeah, you could play him off as someone who's quite sympathetic to, to the Gladiators that... They're, you know, they're in a tough spot, and he he does everything he can to give them the 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 edge that they need to hopefully survive, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that so that way, it, if later on he ends up betraying, him, it stings a bit more because he does seem like a nice dude.
2: Yeah, but yeah, he was he was set dressing. He mm-hmm. he he added he added about as much as Daft Punk's cameo. Like he just <laughs> yeah. He charming, charming was, as it was aware
0: that he was in five percent of that movie, and so he ate eighty percent of the scene. that
1: he was in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know, have you guys ever seen his turn on the on the um, oh shit I'm going the, the vampire series that with uh, uh no nope. <laughs> why can't I think nope. of the, the the one that everyone hates True Blood what True Blood no um good lord. My Angel brain. Buffy? No, the the one that was written by Stephanie Meyer. I can pull Stephanie oh, Twilight? Meyer, but I can't. Oh, Twilight. Twilight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you
2: said series. I thought you meant like a TV series. He's in Twilight. A,
1: he's in Twilight and he uh, you got to look it up. Just just okay. search for Michael Sheen in Twilight and I guarantee you'll get a uh, a a scene where he's positively wrecking a scene like he's basically ruining the movie while being in- incredibly awesome at the same time it's just a, it's just wonderful to watch
2: nice You will not, not be off. disappointed well speaking of not disappointed uh, i was uh, not disappointed to see the just immense number of listener comments we got on our uh, facebook page so thank you everyone for commenting uh, and i we are excited to read uh, your comments on this episode It's not as good as Scott's segue from the beginning. I'll take my silver medal. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, it's listener comment time. Please uh, do follow us on social media and get in on our comment having. We'll read your uh, notes on the episode, and it uh, just really helps us out uh, knowing that you're listening and participating. So let's get to it. Alan Gould says, gender swap Cora and then replace the kind of lame romance angle with a dad disappeared and now has a replacement son conflict think can still be all buddy-buddy at the end. It's Disney, after all.
0: Uh, we kind of suggested that by playing Clue as more the replacement son, who's gone bad.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because yeah, then you've got... I think it makes a nice duality, because if you've got Kevin and then his two sons, and then you've got uh, Tron and his, like, progeny of Korra, um, it, it really plays up that legacy theme. Exactly. Braden Young, absolutely love this movie, Daft Punk is uh, gives it an amazing soundtrack, and the animation is bounds ahead of the original. Really hope we get that sequel soon.
0: If it is a sequel, because again, we we think it might be a reboot. Yeah, but eh. yeah, again, the movie You've, looks great, sounds great.
2: Yeah, and they, they definitely have made strides. I mean, even maybe give it another five or so years, because it was I guess it was thirty years between these movies. Yeah, no, I'd be a reboot. Nope, I want I
0: want Bruce Boxleitner yeah. in here, and so the sooner the better.
2: Fair enough. Levi Breederland says, "I spent too much to see this in IMAX, and that's all I remember about it. Oh, and the music was nice." I said in the in the chat that
1: I felt like I'd I'd seen the movie before, but I remembered absolutely nothing, <laughs> especially the end of it. Like I didn't I didn't remember that trip on the on on that uh, on that gondola thing or anything. Yeah, yeah not at yeah. all.
2: Yes, I same. I, I I think I checked out halfway through when I saw it in theaters. Uh, Ellen Gould coming in with a second comment. Quick addendum uh, was pointed out that flipping Cora removes the only prominent female in the cast, so instead flip Sam. Fair yeah, enough. Uh, that works good, good catch, Ellen Gould. That's what I like to see. People checking, you know, things like how are women portrayed, how are people of color portrayed, how are the police portrayed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, also even- add add some people of color in this movie. It's a very yeah. white movie. Um, it
2: is. No, it's there, there, a blue and orange movie. Thank you. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry. <laughs>
2: no, <it's... laughs> um, that was just a joke. I agree. You should obviously add people of color. <laughs> uh, Herman of the Modern Manhood podcast says, Loved this movie just because of the style and soundtrack. The story makes no sense whatsoever. Correct.
1: <laughs> I don't know if the story doesn't make sense. Uh... There's certainly elements that don't, don't I actually I found like I said earlier on, like I found the original Tron made less sense than this one.
2: You know, I'm thinking I'm going back to that thing. of like people, especially a movie like this. There's no reason why all the actors should have been white because they're all computer programs. Yeah, there's I think there's like
0: there's one or two like background programs of color like hanging back in the cut, but all, none of the prominent characters are. Are, None of the prominent uh, Yeah, any, any even ethnicity just like, under other than like white.
2: Even like Michael Sheen or his his lady friend Gem, like or those those could have been. You they know. are
0: they're not just white. They are super white. Like white, white hair, white clothes, <laughs> yeah. white face. Like <laughs> they are the whitest white ever to white. Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah. Any any you know comedian, you know comedic actor could have done that role. So
0: yeah.
2: Uh, v. Martin writes. Uh, should have been an animated short with Daft Punk music rather than a full-blown movie.
0: That would have been interesting
2: now, to
1: see, honestly. Is there not an animated short called Tron Uprising, correct? I
2: believe, I believe so, so yeah. uh, ba- That's just based on the, the you know, Wikipedia here. Yeah, they just made it. It takes place between the two. That's pretty cool. I, I can even see Tron working. If you guys remember that like Matrix animated movie oh, yeah. where it was like, five yeah. short films set in the Matrix world? Yeah, I'd that, buy that. I think I, Tron, Tron lends itself quite well to that, maybe like a bunch of short films taking place
0: in the digital world. I'd, I'd watch that for sure.
2: With a all-star cast of different, uh, uh synth wave artists. Uh, I don't know why that's <laughs> the hill I'm dying on with this. Daft Punk did a great job, but, um, Tony from Flicks X-Ray podcast says Daft Punk was cool and totally fit, but otherwise this movie was pretty forgettable and I watched it earlier this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I already have forgotten stuff. From the watch that we did last night, from the point where we're recording <laughs> yeah. this, and Greg is correct. Like as he said earlier, uh, I watched this movie when it first came out in theaters, and I also was surprised by stuff that was happening when we were rewatching it. <laughs> it's like I do not remember this part at all. I, mean, I can't I guess even it remember means if I
1: watched it in theaters or watched it at home. I have no idea where. I, didn't, <laughs> I know all I know is I watched it before.
2: <laughs> Andrew Craig commented. I really liked this movie a lot. I think where it ultimately failed is that they were clearly trying to set up sequels and a bigger story without really committing to it.
0: Yeah, and we kind of touched on that earlier too. This is the really safe bet movie that was meant to maybe tee up some stuff down the road. Uh, and unfortunately, because it was such a milk toast movie, it never really merited getting a prompt sequel. And that kind of all got bogged down. So that's where we're kind of at with it.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the sequel baiting was was really egregious. It wasn't yeah a, uh, an Independence Day two or whatever, but it was yeah it was certainly there. I don't know if it necessarily was a huge detriment to the movie itself, but maybe it didn't help.
0: Yeah, they, I think they could have been more ambitious with this film and not I, worried I about not worried about making something so safe, especially because it, they already knew. Mm-hmm. Number one, they they had the name recognition and number two they were going to have something that was going to be visually spectacular you you could have done something a little more ambitious and i think you could have gotten away with it
2: yeah Yeah. nathan martin comments there is a lot to enjoy about the film and there's definitely problems i feel bad that the head replacement is what it is i think he's uh, referring to the the jeff bridges cgi de-aging process uh but that aside, it's called Tron Legacy, and Tron has nothing to do with this movie until the end. And he turns from bad to good because reasons? Question <laughs> mark. Uh, I think we uh, that sort of echoed that sentiment. That yeah, he just his turn is nothing. His character is nothing. He's yeah. he's the titular Tron has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. Instead of. Flynn having Clue look after the grid, that should have been Tron. That way Tron gets all corrupted about what's happening and it takes Flynn and his son to see what he's doing wrong and the movie climaxes with Tron joining the good guys to stop the forces he's created from destroying everything. Maybe. There's nuggets there, uh, but needs another pass or two.
0: Yeah, we kind of touched on that as a possibility. I think we yeah. I think we like Clue as a character conceptually. Uh, it's just a matter of finding a way that make, to make him work better than he does in the film as presented.
2: And yeah, those were our uh, comments. Uh, Thank you again for those who contributed. That has been another edition of I Have Some Notes. Thank you all very much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at I Have Some Notes. You can find our podcast feed at IHaveSomeNotes.com. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really does help us out.
0: Yeah, you can also check out all of our sibling shows over at the Alberta Podcast Network, where they are hosted on the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com.
1: Yeah, and we post... New episodes back to every second week again. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Yes. Uh, so tune in two weeks from now for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
2: Bum bum bum. I'm I'm excited for that one. I'm excited to watch it, I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Do are do are we suggesting we have a problem with the character short round, you guys? <laughs> like yeah. save it for the save it for the podcast. Save it for I'm the not, podcast. not
2: equipped to, to deal with that right now. Uh, But until then, I have been your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois.
1: I'm Greg Beaver. Wash your hands, put on a face mask, Black Lives Matter, and keep watching the skies.
2: For those, like, staple-shaped spaceships. Spaceships.
0: This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Park Power is a small local business, and like many of you, it's been closely monitoring the news on COVID-19 and the world's rapidly changing circumstances. While many of their team are currently working remotely, the way Park Power does business has not changed, and their commitment to exceptional customer service will remain. Find out more about Park Power's response to the COVID-19 outbreak at parkpower.ca.